You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 184. Doesn't matter. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of Bleeding Green Nation. We have a decent amount to get to here today, uh, but we're going to try to get through this quickly. I have a hard out in, oh, about an hour or so. So we'll try to get through this pretty quickly. Bang, bang, bang. Topic, topic, topic. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Good amount of news, Jimmy, for... yes. And he goes off season for like, you know, after the draft and everything. So definitely a lot of things to touch on before we get into it all. BGN Radio brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. You can also go to WildNaturePet.com to get some dog snacks by using the same discount code BGN15. Let's get into it, Jimmy. Yeah, so we'll just uh, quickly run through everything we're going to talk about. Uh, first, the Eagles had a rookie men camp. They signed Ryan Kerrigan. They made a trade for a slot corner. Um, we had access to a bunch of different players from Hertz to Kelsey to uh, we got our first chance to speak with uh, all the coordinators, Jonathan Gadden, Shane Steigen, um, Michael Clay. And um, we're going to touch on some other things like uh, – Pro football focus, pro football focus, calling Jalen Hurts the second worst quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you had put something together. I think you wrote an article about this. About um, the Eagles were only favored to win just two of their seventeen games this year, uh, which is kind of funny since we just went through the schedule and you had them winning eight games. What did I have them winning six? <laughs> I think. Um, so we'll get to all that, but let's start with the uh, Eagles rookie mini camp. Uh, unfortunately. The media was not allowed to watch that in full. We only got to see them kind of warm up and um, go through, you know, some limited individual drills, and then they kicked us out of there. But uh, did you have any uh, takeaways from that brief look at the rookies? I, I think the only correct answer here is Devontae Smith. Like, the juice is real. Like, Jimmy, I was posting clips. I'm sure you were, you were posting pictures and stuff, too, I saw on Twitter. People are excited. People are eating those up. People, people love Devontae Smith. He's brought this team juice. And uh, also... He sure does look small and skinny as heck. Yes, he like, does. He, it's crazy. <laughs> like it's just like wow. Um, I, again, I've said I don't. It doesn't really concern me. I think he's still going to be really good, but it's just jarring to see someone look that small, like that thin, as a football player. Yeah, I think that was an obvious takeaway that everyone had when they first saw him, and not that it wasn't expected. Like we all yeah. knew what is. I mean, we all knew what he weigh in at again. One sixty six. One sixty six. And you know he's six foot one sixty six. So it's not even like he's short. Like six foot is fine. Like that's not out of the ordinary for a wide receiver, but 166 obviously is very skinny and he looks skinny in person. So can confirm that he is indeed skinny. I didn't really have any other takeaways from the, I guess the other takeaway that I would have is that uh, Landon Dickerson was actually out there yeah. and doing things. Um, just that alone is something to denote, I guess, because uh, his ACL tear occurred in like mid to late December it was in the SEC championship game. Uh, and then, of course, he appeared in the national championship game after Alabama had already, you know, totally wrapped up the game. He came in and snapped in victory formation, which is crazy to me. Like, I was like less than, I was like right around three weeks after he tore his ACL. So we all saw the highlight or the highlight reels, the, 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 you know, the, the Mac Jones interview where he was doing cartwheels in the background. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's encouraging that uh, we've seen sort of some of those things uh, post ACL tear uh, in terms of, you know, his potential availability for 2021. And then Sirianni, too, obviously uh, fist bumping the oh, entire right. media course, smart move, savvy move, you called it yes. by him. Uh, I choked, as I said, on the BDN Radio <laughs> Jersey Number Analytics podcast. I was filming it and I really should have just thrown out. 
the paper right. because paper. I could have beaten him and just yeah. on camera in front of everyone. I mean, I totally would have. I mean, they would have had to give me his job at that point because I would have just like owned him. <laughs> uh, but uh, missed that. Maybe in the future, who knows? I like that you that you went that route instead of like the suck up route of throwing scissors yeah. and taking oh, giving him a terrible. win. Yeah, yeah, that, that I should, would be, I should be fired if I did that. That's that been, <laughs> that's that's uh that's just not befitting. Um, yeah. So basically, those are the main things. I think Devontae did look smooth from the little time we got to see him. Like he look, he looks he looks good. I don't know. It was, it was a small sample, but he looks like good to me. You did see him drop a pass. I did. Oh, I took. A, I was taking video, and he he dropped a pass when I happened to be taking video, and uh, that was kind of like I posted a weird, it. That was like a What's weird that? drill, though. I felt like that was like a weird drill. <laughs> yeah, who cares? He dropped the yeah, pass. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, who cares? It's I'm already no making deal. excuses for him. <laughs> but I posted it, and uh, a lot of people got upset about it. Like They're oh, like, this is why Philly media is... Stop. Shut up. It's a joke. Relax. Chill out. I think he'll be okay. I think he's going to be able to catch just <laughs> yes. fine in the NFL. I mean, the stat of him having like... Was it like seven drops or something like that over the course of his entire college yeah. career on... An absurd number of catches uh, and or targets or whatever you want to, however you, you want to classify it, but uh, extraordinarily low drop rate in college. So his hands are the least uh, of my concerns uh, about him as a player. Last thing I'll say is 14 on Kenny Gainwell. I really just do not. I mean, I, I don't like it either. Ben, I just don't. I don't love it. Apparently he went to 19, which is kind of funny that he's saying that or has put that out there. Yeah, he I mean, he put himself that. in a 19 jersey and posted it on twitter uh-huh. so uh, <laughs> like, I, like a photoshop 19 eagles jersey and he, he and he put it out there he just might be able to get that with jj i think in white side you think jj's gonna get cut or you think he's gonna make the team i mean i think in my 53 man roster prediction which i did uh i'm pretty sure i had him off pretty sure i oh, don't i had him on the team okay but i mean it's close not right? on merit necessarily but just because they're not going to cut bait with a guy that quickly how he's not going to how he has control over the roster so well, if it were like if it were like like let's say they hired Josh McDaniels and Josh McDaniels had more control over the roster than Nick Sirianni does and he just didn't like JJ then sure I'd say they're going to cut him but how he has full control not only over the roster but <laughs> potentially on game day and who's actually active on game day. So um, I, I don't think he's going anywhere just because they spent a number just because they spent a second round pick on him. I feel like they might cut like Hightower at that point or someone though, like someone, I feel like someone from the draft picks could be getting cut the way I had it shake out, but we'll have plenty of time. It to could, talk about that. The, right. We, we have plenty of time to talk about, but the one thing I will make a point on that, like the roster, like it's not deep in any way. So no. like when I, I don't know if you've experienced the same thing, but when I put together my 53-man roster, there are times where like there are like three or four guys that I want to keep, but I can't. So like I like it's hard making those cuts at the end. Uh, and then there are other times where the roster is not strong, and you come up with like 48 or 49 guys, and then you're just like, okay, well I guess I'll keep him, and I guess I'll keep him, and I guess I'll keep that guy. And that's what happened this year <laughs> with my initial 53 on the Eagles. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think in that, it, given that, I think he's a guy that's likely. Anyway, I, I think he's uh, he's likely to stick. I think I like Trayvon Grimes over him, but we'll see. I mean, Trayvon Grimes, by the way, wearing like forty similar skill set. Talk about yeah, a jersey number that not a great look. Um, but Jimmy, getting into the Eagles' big biggest news really of the week, mm-hmm. they signed Ryan Kerrigan, which was I think a surprise. Just. Like I don't think anyone was calling for the Eagles to sign Ryan Kerrigan, which is always kind of funny when you see like, a, or at least to me, at least when you see a move like this happen, because like, oh, great signing. Well, it's like, well, no one was calling for this, so it's kind of funny that like everyone is just like immediately in on it. But I get it. I mean, Ryan Kerrigan kills the Eagles, Jimmy. You know the numbers. It's like what thirteen and a half sacks or so, like six. His fumbles. numbers against the Eagles are better than uh, anything that he's done against any other team. It's it's crazy. He and like. It's crazy because he's going up against a good player in most of these matchups. Like, he's facing Lane Johnson. I mean, not everyone. There was some Matt Tobin in there. Um, there could be some big V there. was some big – he he had a big V one time. The, is, I think, he uh, ate up big V one time. <laughs> big V's first start, I believe, after Lane Johnson got suspended, if I'm not mistaken, was against uh, Ryan Kerrigan. And that was actually the game where Ryan Kerrigan, like, ripped Carson Wentz's jersey on the first play. Like, he just destroyed big V. So that dude is a beast. Uh I think the Eagles are very glad. I think Eagles fans should be very glad he's on this side of the division now. Uh, Here it is, by the way. Sorry, uh, thirteen and against the Eagles over his career, uh, thirteen and a half sacks, six forced fumbles, which is a big number. 
That's what uh, I said. 24, 20, did you say that? I'm sorry. 24 sorry. QB hits, uh, 51 tackles, and three fumble recoveries. And that's in 19 games. So just, uh, you know, three three extra games than a, than a full season. So like, I think he's like a borderline Hall of Famer. I don't think he'll get in, ultimately, but he I should. think he's right there. He'd have a bigger name. Like, he'd be a more recognized name nationally if he weren't stuck on such a garbage franchise for the entirety of his career. Like, if he played for the Patriots, for example, like, he'd probably be a shoo-in for the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. Um, but he kind of got the he – got, he drew the short stick <laughs> in, in whatever year he came out in the draft. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he is uh, – I actually applaud going back to that 53 man roster. Um, I applauded the Eagles in that post for not signing like an Ooh. older edge rusher. And then I think if there were a guy where the, you know, that if, you know, if they were, if there were an older player where I can kind of make an excuse for it, it is Kerrigan because he does sort of bring that, you know, metaphorical off the field leadership. I mean, he had that in Washington to be determined if he can carry that over to Philadelphia, but he's a guy that produced on a terrible team for a decade. So um, I think he's going to bring some, you know, mentorship and leadership and blah, 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 all that nonsense. Um, And I think he can still play. Like, I think, you know, he can, he he can still play in a, in a reduced role. And obviously the, the comp that everyone came up with immediately, as soon as Mm -hmm. they made that trade was Chris Long. From the 2017 season. My problem with it, and I think your problem with it as well, is that, you know, they they sort of committed to getting younger this offseason. And they made all these old guy signings again. Like, they, it worked in 2017. It did not work in 2018. It did not work in 2019. It did not work in 2020. So they're like one for four on these old guy signings. And... You can like look at each signing individual individually and kind of you know make sense of it. Ryan Kerrigan, uh, Anthony Harris, uh, Eric Wilson isn't super old, but whatever. Anthony Adams. Like you can like like you can look at all these one year deals and say, okay, well that makes sense for this reason, and okay, that one makes sense for this reason. But it's just a pattern that's continuing. <laughs> they keep signing all these old guys every year in free agency, and you put them all together, and the roster, you know, it will be younger, of course, because they made nine draft picks, and I'd say that at least eight, you know, seven, eight of them gonna make the team so they're gonna get younger just on that but i mean at some point when do you stop this old guy free agency strategy that worked once and hasn't consistently since so i like kerrigan obviously i have no issue with the player and i I think what you touched on there makes sense like in a vacuum i think it makes sense i think you can say that i think he fills a need the eagles was really at defensive end all they had was brandon graham uh derek barnett josh wett and then Nothing like maybe Teron Jackson, maybe Joe, like there's really no established right. fourth defensive end, like nobody. So, but the problem there to me is that like, I don't want to see a scenario where now, you know, you could say I'm being pessimistic here, but let's say there is a scenario where the Eagles are like four and 10 or something. And like Ryan Kerrigan's playing and Teron Jackson is either getting like Casey Tuhild and got cut for some reason, or like is on the practice. You know, he's not even playing. He's like just Ryan Kerrigan is like playing and Teron Jackson isn't developing. Like this is a year where I feel like you have a unique opportunity to kind of play some younger guys. Maybe than you normally would, because you're looking at long-term you're talking about transitioning. You're not trying to max all out and win just this year. If the Eagles were trying to win this year, like all in Super Bowl robust, I think this move makes all the sense in the world. And there's like no downside, but to your point about, like this team talking about how, oh, we need to get younger. And yes, they made the draft picks, but these are their free agent signings, Jimmy, in terms of age season this will be. So not necessarily how old they are now, but what age they will be this season. Yeah. Joe Flacco, age 36 season. I Ryan Kerrigan. I didn't mention him before. <laughs> age 33 <laughs> yeah. season. Yeah. Anthony Harris, age 30 season. Andrew Adams, age 29 season. And then Eric Wilson, the youngest one, age 27 season. So like their youngest player they added is twenty is going to have their age 27 season. Now, it's not like you're signing 22-year-olds in free agency. That's not how it works. Right. But still, like, where's, like, a 26-year-old? Where's a 25-year-old? I think Gary Conley was, like, 24. Um, like, just, like, I would have liked to see a little bit more youth here. And it kind of just makes me wonder, like, because they keep – we need to see them prove it. Like, you keep talking about, wow, we need to get younger. We need to get younger. But they said that in past off seasons too, and then they didn't. So that's, like, kind of the frustrating thing for me. I think Kerrigan could turn out to be a good signing. 
and I think the money was pretty reasonable. Although I, what I will say about the contract is, yeah, I mean they, it was only like up to three point five, uh, and the actual salary part was under two. I think. I like, think the guaranteed was like one point it something. It wasn't yeah. a lot, but um, certainly a reasonable deal. Like no, no, like no question about that. Reasonable, but the way they keep like signing these deals where they have to keep eating in the cap space in the future, that doesn't feel like ideal <laughs> right. to me either. Because again, this isn't an all-in kind of year, so you're sacrificing some future flexibility that you have, and not a lot. And I yeah, get the cap's yeah. going to explode. That, but, but when you have like four or five guys that you did that with, it, they do add up. And it's relative. Like you're going to have cap space. I'm not. No one's saying like they're not going to have cap space. But a lot of other teams are going to have more, and like then you're at a competitive disadvantage. Right. Theory because other teams can offer more. So like, that's those are the things I wonder about. I'm not. I I still think I, I'm not trying to hate on the signing. Would I have done it? I guess probably. But I just there are ways where the signing could go in a way where like I just feel like it could be more of the same. Yeah, I, I would have done it too. So yeah, it sounds like we're being very negative about the the signing. But I, I would have done it, and I and I like I look forward to actually watching him play. He's a Absolutely. player that I, I that I've admired. Over the last decade, like I think he's 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 he was obviously a very good player over the last decade, and like I said, I, I still think he has something left, um, and it'll be fun to watch him. Like it'll just, like it, it yes. helps the actual. Um, I mean, the reason we watch football is to be entertained. So like, uh, you know, he'll help in that regard, and and he'll make this. He 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 makes the team better, like unquestionably. Like they're they're better after yes. having signed him. And uh, same thing with Devontae Smith. You know, like just to that point, like. Another guy who just adds juice. Ryan Kerrigan mm-hmm. adds some level of juice to the defense. Also kind of interesting, too, just from a like schematic standpoint, like the Eagles signing or acquiring a number of players like uh, Patrick Johnson who aren't like typical 4-3 defensive end mm-hmm. builds like Ryan Kerrigan. Kerrigan has more, I think, of a 4-3 build than a traditional 3-4 defensive end would or a 3-4 outside linebacker, I should say. But he's, like most of his career, he's been 3-4 outside linebacker. Yeah. So I think that's kind of an interesting note. And we've seen like Jannard Avery potentially yep. switching. I think I saw something about Osman potentially, um, you know, linebacker or whatever. So uh, it's kind of interesting kind of like following that. Yeah, like Os- even last year, like they had Osman lining up in that uh, like that Joker role. In, uh, in in training camp, just like they did with uh, Jannard Avery. So they, they've sort of acquired, I mean, they acquired Jannard Avery before this new um, defensive staff came in, and they did the same thing with Osman. But uh, I think there are, there is sort of a position maybe carved out in sort of like that quote-unquote Anthony Barr-type role. And I do think we're going to see some, um, you know, hybrid looks from Jonathan Gannon's defense this season. We'll actually get to more about what uh, Gannon talked about uh, in terms of his scheme, a little later in the podcast, uh, but let's move on to the trade that blockbuster the trade, Jimmy. Blockbuster, they get, they acquire Josiah Scott, wow, from the Jacksonville Jaguars for Jamison Houston and a sixth round pick in twenty twenty three. So uh, Josiah Scott is an undersized corner. Uh, again, I'll have it right in front of me, but he's like five nine, I believe. One seventy something. Oh, one eighty five. Okay, uh, slot corner. Like I said, actually, uh, if you go back and you read his uh, NFL scouting report via Lance Zierlein, um, NFL dot com, he comped him to Avante Maddox. <laughs> so, like, uh, uh, obviously, they're going to try to to play Josiah Scott on the outside, and uh, he's going to get torched all year. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, the, it's 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 not a fix to their outside the, you know, their gaping hole at CB two, in my opinion. But, uh, I did think that they needed some slot corner depth, uh, after having presumably moved on from Craven LeBlanc and Nikel Roby Coleman. Uh, so they did need some more depth there, whatever. It's fine. Six round pick in 2023. Isn't that big a setback. Uh, we'll see what Josiah Scott brings to the table in uh training camp, but his numbers, uh, as a rookie, Less than impressive. It kind of feels to me like, like, do you have to make this trade? Because I feel like they're probably going to cut him at some point. But, you know, again, it's not the most, um, it, it, the, the thing of the Avery trade, because it kind of reminds me of the Avery trade in that regard, like a little bit, not exactly. But the thing with Avery is they gave up a fourth and he was a fifth round pick. At mm-hmm. least this guy was like a fourth round pick and they're giving up the sixth round pick. Like, So uh, I think it's worth a chance. Um, this is a guy who has very short arms also, like Yvonne Maddox, one percentile on mock draftable uh also on mock draftable jimmy he compares to amik robertson from louisiana tech who the eagles showed a lot of interest in leading up to last year's draft yeah. so they clearly kind of have a type uh when it comes to these slot guys 
Uh, look, I think it's a fine addition. Um, he had good ball production at Michigan State. He had six interceptions, 22 passes defense, one forced fumble. He also only turned 22 in April, so he's like on the younger side for a prospect. Um, he did 73 percentile on the bench, and then he had 80 in the 40-yard dash. So small, but he's uh, strong and fast. So, you know, I'll take that. Uh, I guess it's kind of interesting to think that, uh, like, where he'll fit. I mean, potentially, I think he could, in theory, compete for the starting slot job, depending mm-hmm. what happens with Maddox, if he's is playing on the outside again, or if Maddox kind of struggles. I think one thing we don't talk about with Maddox. What if under- they move to safety, maybe, too? Maybe. I think I mean, he, did, un- he has played there. Okay. Uh, I, I don't see that, that, but it's it's a, it's another possibility, I guess. I think an underrated thing with Maddox that maybe we don't talk about is I don't actually know if he's really best suited to play in the slot. Like, that's not where he played in college. Like, he didn't really, for being a slot cornerback size, like, he didn't really play there a lot. And I think he's kind of had some struggles in the slot. I like Avante, so I'm not counting him out. I just, I think his build is natural for a slot corner, and that's why we mm-hmm. think of him there. Sure. But I think that's not necessarily, like, his most natural role. Um, so I think it's fine. You're adding more competition. I think we probably knew that Nickel, Roby Coleman and Strap weren't going to be back, but this pretty much, you know, further closes the door on that happening. Nickel, Roby Coleman, underrated, horrible season last year. Like, I, Nate Gary level horrible. <laughs> I can't like his career, not, his, I said that at the end of the year, like, his career is probably over after that year. I mean, some Has of them. Has he signed with anyone yet? No. no. Did Craven sign with anyone? Nope. I think like yeah, Strap, okay. Jason Peters, Dick Rod, uh, uh, Nico NRC. Um, I think those are like the remaining guys out there. Oh, and Josh Perkins. Josh Perkins still out there. If anyone Jay wants Perk. him. All right. Okay. Uh, Jimmy. Let's break here. I why guess. don't we take a break? But before we take a break, and it's funny because when we say take a break, Jimmy and I don't actually go anywhere <laughs> do anything. Just a little right. behind the scenes. I think people, I don't know if, I think most people know that, but. Jimmy, yeah, I like listening. I'm not getting up to get some goldfish or, or Cheetos or anything. Like I was back, listening to a uh, coffee. I mean, you could if you wanted to, but I was listening to Office Ladies podcast. Have you ever heard of that? Uh-uh. Uh, was that a yes or a no? No, it was a oh, no. okay. I, I couldn't tell. Um, anyway, uh, I remember early on in their show, it's like it's two ladies from the office. It's uh, uh Pam and Angela from the office. Okay. Anyway. Uh, early on in their show, like they would take breaks, but they would talk about how like how they would actually like do stuff during those breaks. Like, oh, you know, I have to I, let's take a break here. Like, I have to go to the bathroom, or I want to make a cup of coffee. Like, that's just funny to me. Like, they took like actual breaks. So, anyway, yeah, Brandon, Brandon goes, we'll take a break, and then there's like a five second pause, and then I'll go uh, back here. Yeah, <laughs> it's much more awkward. So, Come anyway, back. now that we've given you the logistics of our break, just trying to be honest with the listeners, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, Regen Radio, which. We just told you the behind the scenes of is brought to you by Right to Sell and Craft Jerky. You go to righttosellin.com, get yourself some meat snacks. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Same discount code at wildnaturepet.com for your dog treats. So go do those. Help support the podcast. Help support some small businesses. It's a good thing to do. Everyone wins. And we will be back. Back after this. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on BGN Radio, about like five seconds after you just heard <laughs> me speak last in real time. Jimmy, let's talk about how the Eagles had a spring workout plan originally scheduled that they weren't going to show up for because they collectively decided as a team not to do that. But now they're coming back because they kind of agreed to a modified one of Nick Sirianni. So there's going to be no mini camp. And there's going to be no traditional OTA practices. So for you, the listener, why this matters to you is we're not giving you any practice notes, at least presumably, because there aren't any to be had, that, to my knowledge. Um, but I think it is good because the players are still getting in. They're getting some familiarity you know, with the coaching staff and the yeah. new system. 
Uh, the only thing I had from that, Jimmy, is Jeff McLean reported that Zach Ertz will not be attending those practices, and he still very much wants out. Well, the, I think the benefit to the Eagles staff, anyway, is that um, they get more practices as opposed to like the, the uh, how many OTA sessions were there going to be that they were going to not participate in? I think like four, four different OTA sessions, and that's you know three practices a pop. Whereas the mandatory and they they canceled the mandatory minicamp, obviously, as you said, uh, that you know they had to go to that, and those practices probably would have been a little more intense. So they got rid of those, and instead they go to the OTAs, and they're more about learning, and like they're going to be like more like walkthroughs than actual practices. They they they, they want to have eleven on elevens, they want to even have like seven on sevens. So um, I think that's helpful for the staff trying to you know establish their schemes. We talked a lot about you know last off season about how um you know the Eagles were returning their quarterback their uh, their uh, head coach and their defensive coordinator for their fifth seasons with the team whereas the all three other teams in the division all had new staffs made and, a big difference like, and that was supposed to be like a huge advantage and now, and I still believe that it should have been the Eagles just squandered it and they stunk and they went 4-11 and 1 like the rest of the division they did kind of seem to be like a step behind when the season began like they all started out poorly and they all got better as the season went along um, so I think there was, you know, legitimately something to that. So this won't be quite the same as what those three teams went through last year in that they'll at least get, um, you know, the players, by the way, the new catchphrase, I guess they started this last year too, but saying either grass time or on the grass, they mm. love saying grass. Now these football yeah. coaches, like, so they do get to get the players quote unquote on the grass, uh, for, you know, on-field instruction and whatever and learning and blah, 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 blah. Uh, so I, it's not the same as, like, what those three teams had to go through last year. So I, I think that what the players and the staff were able to kind of sit down and, and talk about and, and sort of negotiate uh, was a good thing. And it's not something that was happening league-wide. It's the Eagles and I think the Colts were the only uh, two teams that sort of uh, sat down and, and figured out what would be best for, you know, sort of all parties. Rank for me the most likely options when it comes to Zach Hertz in terms of okay. getting traded, cut, or... And I guess we're assuming this is after June 1st, too, since that's about to come up anyway. Yeah, um, there's no say, sense in doing anything until then. Yeah, so let's assume this is after June 1st, and the most likely options from most likely to least likely in terms of cut, trade, and then keep. All right, so I would say number one is a trade for some, you know, marginal... Uh, return like a six round pick or for another player that's like not like an impact guy in any way like his value is going to be somewhere around like a you know fifth to seventh round pick somewhere in that range uh number two i would say just cut outright uh number three i would say traded for something worthwhile so like we'll call that a fourth round pick or better and then lastly that he's back with the team Okay, I agree. I don't think he's back. It just doesn't. I mean, he wants. He clearly wants out. He's not showing up. Like people, I've seen people yeah. like be like, "Oh, how do you know what he wants?" Like he's not showing up for workouts. Like he, <laughs> he clearly doesn't. There's many signs. The team gave him permission to seek a trade. Why is he getting permission if he wants to be here? Like he doesn't, doesn't want to be, be back. Here. Like he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, takeaways from any of the press conferences, Jimmy. Uh, Jalen Hurts spoke. Uh, he has like a great line. I feel like every single press conference. Yeah. I don't know how, he, or at least a lot of them. I don't know they're how all, he's doing. They're this. all kind of like um, it's like a they're calendar. Co- they're kind of cookie cutter. Some of them. It's like, like some a calendar. Like, you know we've heard mean? them. Right. <laughs> yes. It's like he has like a calendar of these quotes, and he's like, "Oh, which <laughs> yes. one does this say this day here?" Yeah. yeah. Like we've heard a lot of them before, but the new one I hadn't heard this before. Like the rent is due every day mm-hmm. quote in terms of. Um, uh, you know, not being entitled and and not uh, having uh, not feeling like he shouldn't have competition for his job. Uh, so I like where his mindset's at for mm-hmm. sure. But yeah, it's funny that he does sort of have these uh, these sayings just the ready to go bean. for for yeah. most questions. Um, but yeah, no, I like where his head is at, and it's certainly a departure from um, you know the last quarterback that was here, uh, Carson Wentz who uh, I don't know if you guys missed it, but he was traded to the Colts after he didn't want to uh, play for the Philadelphia Eagles anymore. I think Jalen Hurts has, I'm pointing to my head right now. He is like everything up here. Like he just, he has it. Like it's so clear that this yes. guy has like the it factor. Now, again, is he talented enough? 
that's a big question. And if he doesn't have that, then that's an issue and that's a deal breaker. But just from a mental standpoint, like he has it and Carson Wentz didn't have that. And that was a big yes. issue. So it absolutely is relevant and it matters and it probably matters. I feel like I've come to learn Jimmy in my, as I'm aging, I was like getting older in my wisdom that I feel like a lot of this stuff that I just thought didn't matter when I was younger actually matters a lot in terms of like personality and work ethic mm-hmm. and, and like mentality, like talent, does matter a lot too. You can't just dismiss that. And sometimes talent can supersede all of what I just said. Right. You can't just draft a lot of Casey Matthews. Yeah. You can't, you can't do that, but like, it's not irrelevant. It's definitely not irrelevant. I've come to learn that. So uh, I think that's great to see from Hertz. He just seems like such a, he's such a BWE guy to me. He really is. He does have big winner energy. He just, he t- like, it's so obvious. He just does. And I think it'll be interesting to see how this team rallies around him. Uh, Jason Kelsey talked, He's talking about how I think a key point from him was like how he admitted, you know, Jason Kelsey, very honest whenever he talks, saying that, like, yes, they are in a transition, but thinks they can compete. And I don't think anyone would really disagree with that. Right. I mean, pretty agreeable. Yeah. Um, sure. I mean, the, the division stinks and his and coming like coming from him, his like the unit that he plays on the offensive line is is very good. Like. Yeah. You wouldn't trade the Eagles offensive line for many offensive lines across the league. Assuming um, health. Yes. From, from, I mean, from, from starters to backups, like it's a, it's a deep and talented offensive line. Like you mentioned, uh, assuming Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson are able to come back healthy. By the way, there was noted that um, Lane Johnson said that he feels a hundred percent, which, you know, a lot of players are going to say that, but he wasn't saying that last year. Yeah. So like he's he's a guy that's always been very honest with the media about how his body feels and whatever. So um, if he says it, I believe him. And uh, I think it was encouraging that that he said that. But going going back to the point on Kelsey, like he plays on a very good unit, so he should feel like the team can compete because he's you know on a unit that performs to a high level, or at least uh, or at least reason or at least should you know uh, assuming uh, they like you said they they they're able to stay healthy. The, then we also heard from the coordinators, Jimmy. We heard from not Coach Gannon. He doesn't want to be – don't call him Coach Gannon. He wants to be called JG, which mm-hmm. I actually did pick up on that when we heard from Eric Wilson because when we okay. heard from Eric Wilson about a month or so, like he kept calling Gannon JG, and I was like, is this a thing? Because I, I haven't heard this before, and he just like kept saying it over and over. So apparently it is a thing. I think that's kind of interesting. I saw our good friend Tommy Lawler write about how – um, that kind of speaks to maybe Gannon's age and approach a little bit. Yes. You know, like he's he's not like he doesn't want to be seen like above the players necessarily. He kind of wants to be like more of one of the guys. Um, I thought Gannon's interview was pretty impressive. I think he he uh, carries yeah, himself sharp well. Sharp guy. Um, seemed like well prepared. Uh, nice demeanor and everything. Um, we've seen him seeing some limited clips of him in. Uh, I asked him about his intensity, like when the Eagles drafted Milton Williams, because the Eagles put out that clip of him, and he was just like, "He's going excitable nuts. too, but in a different way from Nick Sirianni." Yes, he he, he contains it more, I would say. Yes, <laughs> in in talking, um, so I, I thought it was interesting to hear from him. The biggest takeaway I think that a lot of people had, Jimmy, was that this shocking revelation that J- Jonathan Gannon or JG isn't gonna just he doesn't just have a scheme; he's gonna coach to his players' strengths. No one has ever thought about this before. How do you feel <laughs> right. about this innovative new concept? <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the coaches say that, and then they don't actually do it. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that's been around since forever, that you're going to coach to the, your player skill sets and uh, and their strengths and coach, you know, against or try to limit, um, you know, their weaknesses getting exposed and whatnot. But, you know, we'll see. Um, he did at least acknowledge that uh, Mike Zimmer is an influence on him and that there's there's probably going to be some similarities between Mike Zimmer's scheme and his. So um, he was honest about that. But, yeah, the idea that um, that they're going to just scheme around their players' strengths, no matter who they have on the roster, uh, uh, you know, I'll buy that when I actually see it. It's just I can't believe, Jimmy, like how people <laughs> just like look at this and they're like, wow, yes, this is exactly what we needed. And Schwartz never adjusted. I mean, that's not true. Was it's, Schwartz true st- it's true, though. Like it, it is it is a and you know, in theory, it is yes. like something that every coach should do, yes. and you want to hear them say that. But not a hundred percent, I would say. Like, <laughs> right. not it's not literally like, oh, I have no opinions and how we should. Like, you want to have tenets, you know, and principles yeah, yeah, yeah. and like ideas yes. of what you should do and different. So, my point here is, I think a little, uh, 
a little too much gets made of like this kind of thing. But I also get why people are excited about it. Because I think in some ways, Schwartz was stubborn and maybe didn't always adjust as much as he needed to. But I also think, as we said before, I think Jim Schwartz is a pretty good defensive coordinator. And I think Jonathan Gannon has the potential to be one. He was highly coveted this offseason. Uh, again, like you said, sharp guy, seems like. So I'm excited to see what the defense will do. And they, I don't think they have reason to really be like an awful defense this year. I think with the investments on that side of the ball, and if he's as good as, or anywhere near as good as we think he might be, then they should be like a pretty respectable defense. Not, I don't know about an elite defense, but they should, they should not be like one of the league's worst defenses. They're going to go as their defensive line goes. And that's kind of how it's been for them for, you know, a long time, really. Um, the defensive line looks strong with Graham, uh, Kerrigan, playing LD Barnett and sweat are fine at RD. And then on the interior Cox and Hargrave. And if one of those younger guys can step up, then do that. I mean, it's going to be a strong unit, but the back seven. Yeah. Well, but, but that's why you hire Jonathan Gannon though. Like that's supposed to be his calling it is card. Is getting, the, yeah. yeah. So I'm not, again, and I'm not asking pro bowl players, but he has to find a way to make that unit like respectable. Like you yes. can get by with it. You're going to lose some games probably because of it, but you're, your whole season isn't going to be unraveled because of it. Here comes uh, this is the biggest dog ever. I, he walks by my what by kind of dog my is house. It? Is he, I don't know. I gotta. I gotta. You gotta describe it, Jimmy. It's an audio medium. I will take a picture of him. Okay, Jimmy will take will the picture. It I'll on... tweet it out. Just tweet it out with no context <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Just a picture of this big dog. It's it's through my screen. Too. Let me get let me get a non screen. And then you have like. Like Eagles fans being like, "What does this mean? Like, what is this?" Who... <laughs> I mean, that is someone? a huge dog. Uh, I so, am just gonna. I, I will just tweet it with no explanation. Please do so you can <laughs> find that at Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter. I'm at Brandon Gatton on Twitter. Maybe I'll retweet it just so it's even funnier. Um, and you can also look at it right now too. I can look at it. Uh, Jimmy, any other takeaways from the coaches? We heard from Shane Steichen. Didn't really get anything from him. I asked him a question about how or why the Chargers ran the ball. Well, I asked him a question about the Chargers like being uh, ninth, I believe, in first down run frequency rate. And he talked about how it's game plan specific. Well, Shane, and I didn't put this part of the question in there, but I really should have, is like you guys were the only team in the top 10 that had such a high first down run frequency, despite the fact you were the only team under four yards per carry and weren't good. And also you had like a really good young rookie quarterback who could throw the ball. So maybe that's an Anthony Lynn thing. Uh, and then I didn't really get anything out of uh, Michael Clay either. How hey, you, you want to check Twitter and check out this dog? <laughs> Jimmy's just locked in on this tweet. He has no idea what I just said. Let's see yeah, he here. said stuff about Shane Steichen and uh-huh. uh, Michael Clay. Yeah. <laughs> so no takeaways <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know the, the anecdote about Clay being a long snapper at Oregon. Yeah, I guess I didn't either. Where he just stepped in and played and played long snapper for, for Chip in Oregon. And they weren't expecting him to, to be good. And then he was. And then he actually long snapped for the entire rest of the season. <laughs> Are you looking at the tweet? <laughs> a dog is huge. Man. <laughs> people are just I, just, like, what? I would love for these people to like be on Twitter and just like see. <laughs> just, <laughs> see, see a, they just see a picture of themselves out of nowhere. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> um, Oh man, losing it. <laughs> I'm right. just confused. What like why is this? So you know other takeaways from the press conferences. That's the uh, last. Not from Steichen or, or or Clay. No, I mean there's nothing. Uh... Or the players. I think Miles Sanders spoke. Uh, he was asked about like how he feels about the batting a 17th team. He kind of had a good line about that. He was like, "You want to know my opinion? Like honestly." And it almost to me like sounded like he's gonna be like, you know, I think this is BS. Like yeah, you know, like a lot of the players don't like the extra game. He was like, "More games, more yards." So that was a nice little. Uh, Okay. Way to subvert expectation. Um, also, I think he, on a more... He said like, he was starstruck by Joe Flacco. He did say that, which is a big red flag. And then <laughs> he also said that, I believe, Kenny Gainwell told him that like Kenny Gainwell was starstruck because of Miles Sanders. Okay. Which kind of feels like yeah. a suck-up move from Kenny Gainwell. But I guess that's <laughs> I guess that's the right thing to do. Is that BLA, in your opinion? Uh no, I don't think okay. so. But All it's right. just kind of like, come on, man, come on, Kenny. Like, <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, it's just like, it feels like I'm like I'm picturing the moment where it happened, and like, yo, like Miles Sanders, like, yo, man, like I'm starstruck when I see Joe Flacco, and Kenny Gainwell's like, well, I'm starstruck when I see you. Like, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> really funny to me. Um, 
But on a more like substantial note from Miles Sanders, he did talk about, I think he kind of admitted how he, he does really need to get better in the passing game. Like he struggled in that regard last year. Mm-hmm. He wasn't quite where he wanted to be, which no secret. And I think, you know, you led the league in drops for running back. So he should know that. But I think it's good to hear him kind of say that and admit that he needs to get better in that area. So that's good. But uh, that's all I had from the press conferences. So do you want to send it to break Jimmy as I continue to laugh at this picture? Of Back this dog? after this. Back here on BGN radio for our final segment of this episode. We're here, Jimmy, just a couple quick things. Pro football focus put out a list of all the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL and Jalen Hurts finished second worst, 31st out of 32. I think only Drew Locke was worse than him. Now, I saw a lot of people reacting to this. And I think with anything with PFF... They have, so they had Wentz ahead of him then, too? Wentz is like 25th or so, 24th. Okay. They, they're not high on Wentz, but they had Hurts at the bottom. And a lot of people, I think, see oh, Is PFF, this heading into the 2021 season, or is yes. this based just on their seasons last year? I think it's heading okay. it's, it's heading into the year because the because the rookies are in there too, like okay. Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Um, okay, so a lot of people I think with PFF talk about how like if it's something they believe in, then it's a hundred percent accurate, and if it's something they don't <laughs> like, then PFF is total garbage, and they don't know what they're talking about that. So that's <laughs> yeah. always fun the confirmation bias angle. But to me, and I've said this to me before PFF rank, like, take put PF ranking aside. Like I've been saying, like, I feel like Jalen Hurts should be entering the year. I'm not saying he will finish the year, but I'm saying entering the year, he is in the conversation to me to one of the league's worst quarterbacks. And I went back and looked at some of the numbers, Jimmy, and I want to read them for you here. And it's not going to make for good podcasting because when you read out stats, it's hard to keep track of, or at least it is. But I want to get these numbers across to you and see what you feel about them. Okay. All right. So a couple, several bullet points here. Just bear with me. Jalen Hurts ranked 40th out of 42 quarterbacks created by PFF last year. He ranked 31st out of 37 by Football Outsiders DVOA metric. Okay. Among qualified quarterbacks last year, Drew Locke led the NFL in bad throws at 22.9, and he ranked last in on-target throws at only 68.9. Jalen okay. Hurts was significantly worse in both of those categories at 26.7, so over 3% more bad throws than Drew Locke, and last, or at least in, in if you put him in there among qualified quarterbacks, with about 8% less in on-target throws. So mm-hmm. point being, like he was worse, way worse than even the worst quarterback in accuracy. Hertz completed just 52% of his attempts. For mm-hmm. perspective on how low that number is, Drew Locke ranked 35th out of 35 qualified quarterbacks with a 57.3 completion percentage. So 5% less than the next worst quarterback. Jimmy, Jalen Hurts, and this is one of the more interesting things I found completed just 48.8% of his attempts on non-play action plays. Now, interestingly, he had the NFL's biggest completion percentage difference between play action and not with a 66.7 completion. So almost like a 20% difference from play action to non-play action for Jalen Hurts. Uh, A couple more here. Jalen Hurts, 7.2 yards per attempt was only 20th best. Jalen Hurts, 77.6 passer rating only ranked ahead of Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, Carson Wentz, and Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts, only six players fumbled more than him last year, despite the fact he played just 334 snaps, which is only, he had, had, uh, I think so. Yeah, like a couple players had 11. Like Lamar Jackson had 11. I think Carson Wentz had 11. Um, but Jalen Hurts only played 30% of the snaps and he was like only six players fumbled more than him. And then here's the last one. Jalen Hurts took the longest average time to throw last year at 3.39 seconds. The next slowest quarterback to get the ball out was like 0.22 seconds faster than him. That was Lamar Jackson. So it's a big difference. And with Jalen Hurts failing to get the ball out quick, Jimmy, PFF charted him for the second highest percentage of pressures generated by defense charged to the quarterback. So, you know, like this is like, you know, they're, they're parsing who was to blame for a pressure in a certain play. And he was he had the second highest percentage of pressures generated. So those are all my Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's, so, yeah. So if I can just comment on a few of those things, like this, the, the time to throw thing is um, obviously not uncommon for rookies. And it's especially not uncommon for rookies that can run a little bit. It's not uncommon for veterans who can run a little bit. Like I'm sure Russell Wilson's time to throw is 
uh, consistently, you know, higher than most quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but like the 52% is, um, you know, obviously an alarming stat and um, not all like, I, I don't, I, w- I don't want to say that like completion percentage is always uh, an end all be all indicator for, you know, inaccuracy, but 52 is really low. So yeah, I think we can, uh, we can go off that and, and, you know, even if you haven't looked at him and all of his throws, you can go ahead and assume that he was probably inaccurate. And earlier this off season in March, I think, or maybe February, even, um, I did look at all of his snaps and all of his throws and, uh, I compiled sort of a video of all of his like clearly, uh, inaccurate throws. And there are a lot of them. Like he's not an accurate passer. And there's reason to believe that like he can get better in that area because he was really inaccurate earlier, early in his college career. And he got better in that department every year as he went along and had the benefit of playing in a a really good scheme at at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. Uh, But he did get better at that uh, as college went along. And there's reason to believe based on his mindset that we talked about and the intangibles that he has that whole work at it and he'll get better as he, as a pro, but there's no question. Like he was a really inaccurate passer last year. I think his arm strength is okay. Like it's not like a, it's not a positive. It's not a negative either. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so like, I, I think that what he does bring to the table, I mean, not, not that I think that he, obviously what he does bring to the table is his ability as a runner. And he ran for, what was it? Like 300 and some odd yards whatever it was, if you extrapolate it over like a a 16 game season, you're talking about like over 1200 rushing yards. Obviously it'll be a little bit more than that. If you extrapolate it over a 17 game season, Uh, that's not sustainable long-term because at some point he's going to take a hit and he's going to go down. Uh, I think he does have sort of an advantage in terms of um, his potential to stay healthy because he's just such a freak in the weight room. Like you see the video of him like doing squats and guys that like are all, uh, jacked up muscle wise and spend a lot of time in the weight room. They tend to be more durable than guys that don't. Uh, Jim Schwartz has talked about that on a number of occasions, sort of uh, not citing Sidney Jones, but asked uh, about Sidney Jones and his inability to stay healthy. Like he cited, you know, like 400 pound benchers at that play cornerback that like that strength might not show up on the field necessarily, but it does keep them healthy and on the field. Uh, so I think that that'll be something that we see with, with Jalen Hurts maybe. Uh, but, you know, that's obviously his, his appeal. And, and we, we had discussed this previously, like you mentioned, about him having the potential to be like a bottom you know, quarterback in the NFL. I think that that running ability is going to give him a leg up over a lot of the other quarterbacks in the league that don't. Like they just don't have that. Like that's just not part of their arsenal. And even if he's not a good passer, he can still kind of fall back on that. Like Ben Solak made the point when uh, we had him on one of our podcasts that, you know, Lamar Jackson aside, there isn't a better running quarterback in the NFL than Jalen Hurts. So he's going to have that to fall back on. I think he's going to get better as a passer this year. But again, we're kind of talking about small sample sizes of, of what he did last year. And, um, I don't think he's going to be like a good passer this year. Like I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. He's certainly not going to be top half of the league in my opinion, but uh, uh, I find it kind of hard to see him being the absolute worst quarterback in the NFL. I, well, the fumbles could come with the running the fumbles though, are a problem last too. year. And that like, some of those yeah, came with running. They, they if he's going to run. Yeah. If he's going to run like a running back, he's got to protect the ball like a running back too. And a number of those came on those, if I'm like remembering. It wasn't yes, just like for he was sure always was back in the pocket and he got stripped. Like he was running and he got stripped, like the Saints game. And I think there was a couple there, of Yeah, the like egregious that. one was the Saints game, like where like the game was over. All they yeah. got to do is just, you know, lay down on the football and they're going to punt and there's no, like, but he fumbled. Saints score and then like they cut the lead to three. They almost got the onside's kick. Yeah. Like, imagine, they, imagine like they won that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That'd be, that would have been huge for them. I think they would have been the one seed at that point. Like that would have made yes. a, that would have been a big difference. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe, anyway. maybe the whole maybe the whole playoffs are are different. Uh, you know, if 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 they win that game. My point on Jalen Hurts, to be clear, I am not out on Jalen Hurts. I want to clarify that I like Jalen Hurts. I just feel like I'm trying to be realistic about his upside and like forget my opinion. Like, who who cares what I think? I mean, you're listening to this podcast, so presumably you do. But, I mean, the Eagles themselves are pretty clearly skeptical of Jalen Hurts. Like, they're not all in on him by any means. I mean, they won't even give him the starting job. Like, they won't say it. 
They won't uh, even put them on like the 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 promotion for the schedule release with like with, yep. they, they had like five players on that thing and they didn't include yep. the quarterback. It's weird. They have been constantly linked to Deshaun Watson. They you know made this trade down presumably to put themselves in a position to pivot at quarterback if they have to. So you know you have to consider all that. And my biggest point, Jimmy, on him being ranked low is like. Like how much, and and we talk about he can get better, and I absolutely agree. I no, I don't think anyone should be arguing he can't get better. But to what extent? Like that's always the question to me, because like people talk about, oh well, he can get better, he can improve. It's only four games, sure, but like how much can he realistically bridge the gap from being down where he is now, which I read you a bunch of those stats, to being like, you know, let's say top ten. Like that's a big gap to make up. It's not a small gap. I think I agree with you about like he could have a higher floor because of his rushing ability and everything, but. It's just like he can get better. There's a chance he could be significantly better than he was last year, this year, and it's still not good enough. Like, right? Yeah. So, or he could be, he could be worse too. That's like uh, the scene in the office where like Will Ferrell and uh, uh, what's his face, um, Ed Helms are selling the paper, and Will Ferrell's like, "This could be the best decision you ever make in your life." Or it could be the worst decision you ever make in your life. If you just want a guy that's going to give you your paper at the agreed upon price at the right time, Andy's not your guy. <laughs> um, I don't know. Charlie did not like your take on Jalen Hurts there, by the way, if you heard him in the background. Well, he might be happier if you got him some wildnaturepet.com okay. and use discount code BDN15 for 15% off. Um, right. uh, so that's that's Hurts. Uh, I think elsewhere on the division – um, I did those numbers, but I don't have them in front of me. You listen, we talked about that on the NFC's mixtape. Settle so down, can, Charlie. You can go listen to it for it there. Um, last thing I had, Jimmy, was the Eagles are favored to win just two of their 17 games this year based on mm-hmm. early point spreads. And look, I mean, what does that really mean? Potentially nothing because it's it just something. I mean, it doesn't mean <laughs> nothing, but also it doesn't mean everything. It's disappointing. Yeah. When the actual season arrives here, I'm Pretty sure they're going to be favored in more than two, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and two is a very low number, but I think two... They weren't even favored over the Jets, right? No. And they're also a pick with the Lions, to be clear. They weren't underdogs and all those, so at least, uh-huh. you know, there's that too. But um, just putting them... like So I did power rankings this week for Bleeding Your Nation, and we talked about them on the SB Nation NFL show on Tuesday. But um, just kind of... And I did it for all the teams. I went through all the teams and let... Like looked at how many games each of them are favored to win mm-hmm. to kind of contextualize the power rankings further. And Where'd you the have Eagles, them? Uh, I had them 27th, so just okay. out of the bottom five. Um, All right. I, but the teams they're next to, like the Bengals and the Jaguars, those teams are the other two teams favored to win only two games this year. The only two teams <laughs> right. that are favored to win fewer, which is zero this year, are the Lions and the Texans. So like, that's the cat, like, like for better or worse, or however you want to put it, like, I guess it'd probably be worse, but this is the company the Eagles are kind of viewed in, like going into the season. It doesn't mean they'll stay there. They could be better, but I'm just saying like, that's, that's where they are right now. Realistically, in terms of like perception, it's not good. No. (laughs) And I think it's, it's not totally. (laughs) That's why they only have two primetime games this year. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like, so, I think a, I think we're in an interesting point, Jimmy, in like the time of year where I feel like people are trying to talk themselves into this, or not even trying to, that people are talking oh, themselves it happens every year. Yeah. into this team. And it, and I don't blame anyone for doing that. It's part of being a fan. You want to be yes. excited. I'm not begrudging anyone, but I just I watch it and I'm like, I know we do this. I know we've done this before. Like you, you kind of even did it a little bit. You had to win in eight games. I know. I see it seeps into <laughs> it seeps into me, but like I don't feel great about that. You know, like I'm not yeah. out here being like, "Yo, yeah, this great season." <laughs> I think it's kind of me guarding against being too negative. Um, <laughs> but it's just kind of you know, it's just an interesting perspective to have. And ter- elsewhere around the division, Jimmy, by the way, Cowboys favored to win ten of their games. Okay, can you guess how many games the Washington Football Team is favored to win this year? Mm, nine and a half. Three. What? Yeah. Yep. Oh, fa- oh, favor to win. Okay. Favor to uh, win. Three. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, I didn't. I don't that, know. That, that's strange. That, that's dumb. That doesn't make Giants sense. are at five. Like the football team has a, like a like a legitimately good roster. Though, although the one thing that they that they did that I don't know what they're doing is when they released uh, Morgan Moses. So now they have 
Charles Leno or Leno, whatever, whatever, how do you say it? Jay Leno's brother. Yeah. He's <laughs> Jay Leno's brother playing left tackle. And then the guy they drafted in the second round, probably playing right tackle. So that's a problem. And then the quarterback, obviously, but, uh, you know, they're, they're that's a good, that's, that's surprising. What did they, what were the giants? Five. Okay. Mm, that's about right. Any final thoughts to me here on BGN radio before we get you out? Well, Brandon is sitting in his, uh, his old room. He's at his yes. parents' house right now. So yeah. his childhood room. He's got a big B in the background for Brandon. Yes. <laughs> and there it is. And uh, I have a quick story about uh, something similar. So, like, I grew up in Marlton, and uh, my parents sold their house in Marlton, uh, I don't know, like 20 years ago, and they retired. This is in New Jersey, by the way, for people who aren't from the area. I just wanted they, to contextualize Marlton, that. New Jersey. Yes. And then they, they retired to uh, the Jersey Shore. And... Um, I had like a similar thing that Brandon had. Like he, he's got his B there. I had a, a, a on the wall. It said Jimmy in these big block wow. letters and it just never got taken down. Um, <laughs> and this is, you know, like I said, this is going back to like 20 years. Uh, I haven't lived with my parents since I was like 18. Um, but like, like nothing in my room really ever got changed because I never slept there again after I was like 18. And when they sold that house, uh, I'm 43. So it was right around when I was like 23, 24 or something like that. So when they sold that house, they had a stager come in and like sort of, you know, um, make the house look more like, as presentable as it could or as uh, eye appealing to potential buyers as they possibly could. And they, what they did with my room was they made it look like a, like a toddler lived in there. <laughs> so like there's the big block letters and they had like stuffed animals and stuff. And like it was it looked like a, it looked like a little kid's room. And uh, I didn't know any of this was going on. Like, I would have vetoed that. I would have been like, no, because what if somebody I know goes to see this house, goes to see your house? And, I mean, it's the town, like, where I grew up. It's possible that, like, somebody could be looking at that house and knows me. And sure enough, uh, somebody I went to high school with went and looked at the house to buy it. And they went into my room, and they knew the last name, I guess. uh, And they saw Jimmy on the wall. And they're like, is this this Jimmy Kemsky's house? And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the realtor is like, like, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I like, I can't, like, without seeing the room, you can't really get the, the, like how funny this, it was like this, this high school person that I knew <laughs> looking at my house, but it looked like, like a five-year-old had <laughs> was living in my room. It was like, I got, my mom told me the story that like somebody, my mom told me that somebody from high school looked at the house. They didn't tell me anything about my room. And I happened to go to my house, to, to my old house. And I looked at my room. And I was like, wait a second. This is how my room's being shown. And like some people, like people I know from high school are like looking at your, looking at like this house and my room looks like this. And I was very, very embarrassed by people <laughs> looking at the house with my room looking like, a, like, a, like I was a five-year-old. So, in reality, you actually did live like that, but you created the story to cover for that. Like, well, no, actually... they added a bunch of stuff, like stuffed animals and stuff. Well, there. you're saying you're claiming that, but we don't know for sure that you didn't have it like that at all times. I'm saying, and even like... worse, they had like a they had a big bear in there, and uh, uh, they they had like I don't know how this the, 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 like we even had this, but the the bear had like a Rowan University sweater on it and that's where i went to college yeah so it looked like i you know bought this thing at college and i like propped it up like on the pillows in my room <laughs> again we don't like know that you didn't that's do this. how i decorated my room on a regular you're, basis you're just claiming that you didn't but i mean this <laughs> the evidence says otherwise um is that all you had jimmy is that your final thought yeah and uh also uh if you're looking to buy or sell a house as long as we're on that topic uh-huh. uh be sure to call Kristen roach of roach realtors she is the best Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. So, Jimmy, I'm looking at your tweet here that you tweeted out during the podcast, and really just makes you laugh. On no context, a lot of people are commenting, indeed, on how big of a dog that is. So, <laughs> yes. uh, so good job, people. Who and if you again, if you want to go see that, you can check it out at Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter. I'm at Brandon Gouten on Twitter. I retweeted it, so it's also there. Uh, follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green. Follow BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore Radio. 
subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Check out the NFC East mixtape. I thought it was a really good episode that RJ and I had uh, Brian Stabby from Hogshaven on, Jimmy. A really good, insightful guest. We went deep on the Washington football team, kind of debated whether it's them or the Cowboys or maybe another team that should be considered the favorites right now in the NFC East. SB Nation NFL show. A lot of good stuff on there this week. Uh, RJ and Stats had a podcast about like things that are 100% guaranteed to happen. I did stats. Uh, I did the power rankings with stats there, so that was good. Um, check out Right to Sell and Craft Jerky, righttoselling.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Check out wildnaturepet.com for the pet in your life. Get them some dog treats by using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. We'll be back presumably next week sometime. We'll figure it out. And until next time, for Charlie, I'm Jimmy. That's Brandon. Goodbye, Goodbye everybody. P-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.